a lot of those conversations wouldn't have been had if COVID never happened. I think people are, you know, especially in business, they hold things, you know, close to their chest and no one wants to divulge too much information. And um, it was just a really real time. And I'm grateful for those, those conversations and for my customers feeling comfortable enough to allow me in and to trust me to kind of guide them in the right way. Welcome to the Voted Least Likely Podcast. I am your host, Leah Yard. I'm a high school dropout who accidentally became an entrepreneur after spending over a decade working minimum wage jobs, having a complete mental breakdown and losing all confidence in myself. I somehow started a successful jewelry company. I am the least likely person to have ended up in the fashion industry, the least likely person to have overcome crippling anxiety, and the least likely person to have ever had the confidence to share my story. And I know if you are here, you've likely felt something similar. This piece of internet real estate is a place for us to share how we overcame our own obstacles and found a place to thrive, even if it was the last place we ever thought we would end up. We are talking all things related to failure with a little sense of humor on the side. It's time to expose the narratives we tell ourselves and the ones the world places on us. This is the Voted Least Likely Podcast. Welcome, Leisha, to the show. Thank you so much for being here. If you could just give everybody a little intro of who you are and what it is that you do. Okay. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I own LVT Agency, um, which is a wholesale jewelry agency. So I represent um, different wholesale jewelry and accessory brands. Um, So here I am. Hi. (laughs) Amazing. And can you tell me a little bit about how you got into that? Because I know for a lot of people listening, that might even be sort of a new field that they don't even realize exists and is part of the sort of retail world. So just how you got started. Sure. I feel like a lot of people are confused when I say wholesale agency. So that's a good question on your part. Um, I So before opening the agency, I had a um, retail accessory boutique in the heart of Toronto for almost 14 years. Um, my mom and I were partners um, and it was amazing. Um, we decided to close that chapter and I I love selling. I love jewelry. I love fashion. So kind of the way that I introduced myself in the next chapter was to open up a wholesale agency. So instead of selling to the public, I now sell wholesale. So I sell to the stores. So I represent um, a few different brands and I sell to the stores on the behalf of the brands and the designers to get their beautiful things out in the world, out in retail. Amazing. And I'm so curious with sales because that's, I mean, obviously we work together because that is the area that I 100% lack in. (laughs) It's not (laughs) what I'm good at. Um, Were you always good at sales? Were you always interested in it? Or did that sort of surprise you? You know what? I think it was just kind of natural for me. Um, My mom, um, who everything I good, everything I am that is good is from my mother. Um, And she is an amazing entrepreneur. um, And she had a retail store um, for 
probably 20 years prior to her and I opening up our store. So all throughout high school, um, I worked in her store and it was just kind of a fun thing to do. So I think I didn't know any differently and I am a people person and, and I, I think I'm good at selling what I genuinely love. Um, so her store was adorable and um, I did love everything that was there. So from a very young age, I was kind of like thrown into this mix and it's, it's kind of like, I don't know any different. Um, and when I was pretty young, she, she closed her store and thought she was going to retire. Um, 10 minutes in realized she was bored and wasn't ready to retire <laughs> um, and approached me to go into to business with her. And, and truthfully, I honestly was, I was so young and I was like, yeah, I'll do it for a couple of years. Like I'll, I'll see what happens. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved that I had a space that people trusted me to, you know, pick out their, their jewelries and accessories and, um, I was really blessed that I had a really loyal uh, customer base and, you know, sales just kind of became my thing. And when that chapter closed, it was like, I have to be back in fashion because I love it so much. And jewelry was just, you know, what I knew and loved and was passionate about. And I think, you know, my experience on the sales side kind of just was like an easy rollover for me. And I think when you truly love what you're selling and what you're passionate about, it's, it's almost easy because it's just like, you know, you get the privilege to show all of these beautiful things to, to people that are willing to listen. <laughs> totally. I love that. And you're so um, intuitive, which I think is such a, I feel like in sales, that's so important. You have to be able to kind of go with your gut and, you know, be a people person, but also know, like when something is a no, when something doesn't feel right and that kind of thing. Um, I'm curious. That compliment. That's a really yeah, nice of course. You. <laughs> oh, you're a pro. Um, you. When you started the agency, did you like, what was kind of the biggest challenge? Because that was going from having the store to having that. Um, it's just a different structure entirely. Was it, I mean, was it scary? Did you just know? Was it just the actual um, transition? I'm curious about it took me, so when I had the store, um, when we leased the space, there was a huge basement and there was a lot of talk of representing the brands that we were selling in the store on a wholesale basis. And it was kind of like always this little whisper in my head. And I very quickly realized when you have a store, it is a full-time job and you don't have time to do anything else. But it was always kind of like on the back burner for me. And every year that went by, I was like, oh, like I really want, and, and my brands would say to me, like, do you want to sell, like, you love it so much. Do you want to, do you want to sell it? Do you want it wholesale? And I kept kind of like pushing it back and back. And then when we closed the store, um, I was in another sales job for a very short period of time. Um, which was not in fashion. And I very quickly realized like I needed to kind of get back to my roots. Um, but it did take me about a year to like really decide that I was, that I was going to do this, that I was going to do something else on my own instead of going like maybe a, a corporate way, which I'm so happy that I chose my path because I think it's definitely the right path for me. Um, and I had obviously had a lot of experience in sales and I think I thought the transition was going to be 
much easier than it actually was because while I had all of this great experience, um, wholesale really is different than retail. And I think um, one of my biggest realizations was, you know, I, I, I'm based in Toronto and I thought that I knew Toronto really, really well, very quickly realized that I didn't. Um, and there are like a million different pockets and, and demographics that I didn't quite understand. Um, so, you know, when I first started, I was obviously approaching stores in Toronto first, and then I got on the road and, you know, was doing Ontario and was like so pleasantly surprised to see all of these like adorable little towns and like nooks and crannies that I didn't know basically in my backyard. Um, so getting to like really know those, those areas, I historically am not a great driver and I'm very directionally challenged. So that was, um, <laughs> That was a, a roller coaster, just like driving to all of these places that I that I, I didn't know and being on the road, but I very quickly um, loved it. Um, but it was it was definitely I thought it was going to be easier. Like I thought it was just yeah. going to kind of be I wasn't, um, I think, prepared for all of the rejection that I got, you know, for every 10 stores that you approach, maybe one will say yes, and maybe you have to like approach them several times so for me that was like definitely a challenge I definitely thought that it was going to be a little bit easier than it was to get started yeah I think that's such a misconception with wholesale I obviously before you and I were working together I was doing it on my own and I'm really grateful I did because I think I would have underestimated how much work it is like it, it is it is unbelievable and I don't think people realize because you know, like everything you see it on social media, all these small brands, oh, I'm in Nordstrom, oh, I, you know, all this, but it is so much work and it is so much rejection. Um, and I know you and I have talked about how wholesale is like dating, like it's just, it, you, can, you can't come on too strong. And I'm, when I first started, I mean, I was sending everybody samples. I spent hundreds of dollars. I came on so strong and like, I'm lucky that I'm not in the dating world now because I <laughs> just turn people off. Like, you know, when I love, I love hard. And I would, you know, know the store owner's name or their dog and where they vacation. And, you know, it was just, it was just too much. It was, it was too much. It's such a fine dance and it is such a long journey like it, it you really have to be in it for the long haul like it's not you don't just launch a brand I mean some there are unicorn businesses out there but generally speaking you don't just launch a brand and then you get into wholesale like it's it takes so much time you got to get that social proof and you just have to be consistent and I'm really glad you touched on the rejection part because oh my god I have very thin skin and that was I couldn't I couldn't take it like I just eventually oh it's so hard how do you deal it deal with it how do you manage that um I mean I think it's first of all I think that you're being a, a little hard on yourself and I think that you probably did a great job when you were doing it <laughs> uh, I think that you can only be good at so many things and you are yeah. so talented in in so many ways and i think sometimes mm -hmm. it's just it's it's difficult to have your hand in every single little pocket and like you can't design and produce and you know be creative and, and do the sales it's just it's, yeah. it's too much they're all very separate jobs and i think it's important to just have you know your team lined up but i think that you you are really you're a great communicator and i think having those social 
connections and like, you know, knowing their names and like, you know, following them on social media, knowing what they, what they can do. Yes, it is a very fine line. Yeah. Um, but I, so I just wanted to give you a little bit. Of oh, practice. thank you. I will take that. Thank you. Being hard on yourself. <laughs> um, but it is, it's, you do like, you need to have a really, really thick skin. Yeah. And I think that I'm, you know, I, I knew that going in and I was, I was prepared for the nose and I was excited to get the yeses. So, um, I was, I think really real with myself and I kind of gave myself the window of a year. And I was like, I'm probably not going to make any money in my first year. Like it's, it's going to be about developing connections. And I, it was a hard pill to swallow and it wasn't fun, but I kind of went in with the mindset that there, there are going to be so many no's. Um, so that helped me. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm human and I have good days and I have bad days and the bad days where you get like, you know, a few no's and the no's aren't necessarily nice no's. Yeah. They, 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 they hurt. And, you know, yeah. I think I do a good job at like picking myself up and dusting myself off, but I definitely have the days where I do feel defeated. Yeah. And um, I think I'm, I'm lucky that I do have the amazing customers that on a day that I get, you know, a few no's, I'll get a really nice email or a really nice phone call or yeah. a really nice text from a customer that helps, you know, uh, pad, pad the rejection a little bit and know that I am on, on the right track. So I yeah. think it's like a little bit of give and take and you have to, you know, just realize that it may be no, but then there's another yes around the corner. Yeah. And it's definitely a lot of reminding myself that that yes is going to come and to just kind of keep at it. Yeah. I, that's very well said. I remember when I was doing it, I ended up, um, trying to change my mindset. It worked for a little while, but I um, started thinking I'm going to try and collect as many no's as I can. That was what I did. So then it was just every time you get a no, it's like, okay, great. That's one more. Awesome. I got another one. That means I can get another and another, and then eventually there'll be a yes. Right. And I remember hearing somebody, I can't remember who it was, but they said, like, imagine if you knew that on the, I don't know, 10, thousandth no you were going to get a yes like 10,001 right. was going to be the greatest break like how quickly and how enthusiastically could you get through those no's right. <laughs> right so little mind tricks like that and just trying to kind of amp yourself up helps but I mean as you say like we're still human at the end of the day and yes. stuff still hurts and like you know you and I connected during the pandemic and we I'm grateful for that because I think we were able to have very authentic conversations right out the gate because you know I mean there was no nothing to hide behind at that point it was it was very this is all all that it is um and yeah I just I I think that authenticity is what makes you specifically so good at your job but it also means that you know you you when you get hit you get hit right when you get a no it still is it still is a no um speaking of the pandemic you did such a phenomenal job of pivoting and oh, just thank you. for, you're welcome um for anybody that you know still doesn't really understand wholesale like you would have been like being in person is a huge part of your job huge, huge. so 
Tell me a little bit about just that pivot, how COVID affected things and yeah, just kind of how you were able to really change the entire structure of your business for the last few years. <laughs> I mean, I think um, the first thing is that I'm, I'm definitely not alone. I think so many yeah. businesses were hit so so hard and so many in- industries were like just completely um, wiped out. Um, and I'm so sympathetic to everybody who, you know, lost their businesses. And I- I'm so thankful to, to still have my business. Um, but it was a huge, huge change. Um, and it was obviously really, really scary. I think that, you know, the thought of like, stores closing was almost like it was an impossibility like and and when it actually happened it was like everybody was just in this like sheer panic mode myself included um so a huge part of my business is trade shows um so the last trade show that i had um pre-pandemic was january 2020 um and i my business was still relatively new at that point. And it was just such a good show. The, the success of the show, I was on such a high. Um, and for anyone who doesn't really understand wholesale, like these buyers are, um, they're placing orders sometimes months in advance to get the store, to get the the merchandise in season. Um, so the majority of the, the orders placed at that last show were shipping in March. Well, Obviously, the majority of those orders did not ship. Um, So I think for me, um, you know, obviously, like everybody, I had to, you know, become a pro in Zoom. (laughs) And, um, you know, being in lockdown, I had to figure out a way in a small space to to be able to show my to a learn Zoom really, really well. um, And, and quite honestly, hide my fear because when you're in sales you need to always you know put your best foot forward and smile and everything's going to be okay and that was really hard for me because I was terrified as well um so and then to figure out a way to showcase my goods in a small space in a way that looked amazing um and I think a lot of people had to had to do that so I did that but I think for me the biggest kind of challenge and win in the same time was I had to, I, I, I tell people I felt like I was a therapist in COVID um, because I really had to just let my customers be in their fields and just, yeah, you know, be scared and listen to them. And I think that was probably the best thing I could have done for them at the time, because I, you know, had all of these orders sitting that my brand's wanted shipped yet these stores are closed there's no way that they're going to take these these goods so it was a lot of you know getting on the phone and getting on zoom and having really hard conversations um and and basically just letting them you know complain and cry and and express their frustrations and really listening to that and you know it's one thing to say to do that but from my end i'm sitting for hours a day on the phone, listening to like essentially the same story because everybody was in the same boat. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. How how can I run a store if my doors physically can't be open? So it was like listening to the same thing over and over again, while I was terrified that I was going to lose my business. Um, And then I have all of my brands coming to me being like, well, like, what's your creative solution? Like how, and I'm, it, it was just, 
So I think, you know, really listening and being compassionate was really important. And socially, I'm a very compassionate person. So that part was, was easy for me. And I'm, I'm like you, I love hard and I feel hard. And I, I genuinely felt terribly for these, these customers, like business aside, these are, these are people that have, you know, family businesses that have like been passed down from generation to generation. And because I had my own business, like I know the blood, sweat and tears that go into having a bricks and mortar location. Um, and so on so many levels, it was just heartbreaking. Um, but listening to them, and sometimes I didn't even really have to say anything. I found that just listening was of comfort to them. And, you know, coming out on the other side of the pandemic, I've had a lot of like really nice, like notes and emails and texting, like, thank you so much for listening to me. And I think that that truthfully, without even like realizing so much at the time, the impact that it would have, I think that it it, it really did help people. Um, and I'm grateful for the honest conversations that I had, because I think a lot of those conversations wouldn't have been had if COVID never happened. I think people are you know, especially in business, they hold things, you know, close to their chest and no one wants to divulge too much information. And um, it was just a really real time. And I'm grateful for those, those conversations and for my customers feeling comfortable enough to allow me in and to trust me to kind of guide them in the right way. This show is sponsored by our very own company, Leah Yard Designs. Leah Yard Designs is a jewelry brand in Vancouver, Canada that specializes in unique, semi-precious pieces. The designs are meant to be mixed and matched to celebrate the wearer. We love fashion juxtapositions, which is why you will usually find me in ripped jeans and a ton of gold jewelry. Our goal is to add glamour to every day. Our most popular design is our Zodiac necklace, which was created to celebrate what makes you uniquely you. 5% of all profits in the jewelry collection are donated to the DEWC, a local charity that helps vulnerable women in Vancouver's downtown east side. You can learn more and shop the full collection at www.leayarddesigns.com. Totally. Yeah, I... Um... And that's the kind of thing, like, I know we've talked about this before, about how it, it is all relationship building and, yes. you know, sure, if we got the brand into Nordstrom, that'd be great. And if there's a Nordstrom buyer listening, definitely please, <laughs> please call Alicia. But it's one of those things that honestly, it's the smaller stores that are on the top of my list because that's where the connection is. Maybe you don't get the same sort of social proof, but you get that connection you get that community and that's definitely a silver lining I would say with the pandemic is that it cleared away a lot of bullshit like it really just like yeah. you yeah, know I clarified agree. so much stuff and um you know we were able to have real conversations and like what you said in business real conversations in business vulnerable things things that really yes yes instead of just everyone trying to you know pretend to be perfect all the time and and all of that so i i'm very grateful for that and um you know the the stores that you work with i'm sure are just so grateful to you to be that i mean you poor thing you're right in the middle of everybody like the brand <laughs> on one side the stores on the other <laughs> Um, but again, it's, it, again, it always comes down to that relationship piece always comes down to that connection. Um, yeah. So I thank you for the public service <laughs> that, you, <laughs> that you did during the pandemic. Um, I know you and I had lots of conversations that, that were very, 
um, heartfelt and, you know, I always felt like you were on my side and yeah, just that kind of thing connecting during that time was, was very helpful. Um, So thank you very much for being my therapist as well. (laughs) You you were my therapist at times too. So I'm thanking you right back. Oh, thank you. Um, how do you like, do you ever burn out if you are, you know, cause you're working a lot of the time behind the scenes and managing all of these brands, stores, deadlines. I mean, in fashion, we're always working so far or, um, way ahead of the season kind of thing. Do you burn out and how do you manage it? I definitely do. Um, again, I'm human. Yeah. I think that to be honest, like I really realized, this, the the impact of my burnout during COVID because I think it, it was really weird. I, I, I've never been so burnt out as I was in COVID, yet yeah. my life has never been so slow. And so it was really ironic that that's when it kind of really hit me that I was like, whoa, like I need to take a step back. I really, really am burnt out here and I'm not doing my best. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, um, you know, it's, I think everybody has their own little anecdotes. And for me, I think um, being able to to shut off a little bit, I'm, I'm definitely a workaholic and I'm definitely a, a yes kind of a girl. Um, and I, it's not a good thing that I, you know, I have my phone with me and I am available at all times, um, which can put your burnout on like high alert, being available all of the time. So I think for me, being able to disconnect a little bit certainly helps. So like forcing myself to put my phone and my laptop away and not check emails or like turn my messaging off so that I'm like a little bit unreachable. And like, honestly, even if I do it for an hour, I find that that really helps me reset I think that like my form of self-care really helps. And that's like literally getting out and walking and getting some fresh air. And I have a Sephora nearby. I love walking to the Sephora and browsing. It's like my personal little happy place. And when I'm having a bad day, I allow myself a very small budget and can buy like, you know, a play item, you know, like a little lip gloss, $25 really. I know that sounds silly, but for me, it's like, to browse around for an hour, like to, to walk and get that fresh air and then browse and get that little pick me up really helps. Um, and I think, you know, connecting with friends and family and, um, you know, like I can go days with just like, I'm in work mode and I'm like, wow, like I haven't seen my friends or my family and reconnecting for me is a really, really important, um, thing. And I think helps ground me and de-stress me. Um, I recently took a vacation, which was like a game changer for me. Um, and I really, really, really limited my, my work while I was there, um, which I never do. I always work while I'm on vacation. Um, and I'm always available and I really, my burnout was just at an all time high. And I, um, really, I took a week and I I did nothing in the sun and it was a game changer that I think I need to implement in my life like on an annual basis. Yeah. Good for you. I know it's hard. Like I always say vacation, I'm air quoting vacation. Um, but 
that means bringing, you know, laptop, phone, yeah. <laughs> like everything and making sure yeah. there's Wi-Fi everywhere we go. <laughs> like, you know, that's what vacation means usually. So exactly. um, good for you because it is hard. And I don't think people realize when you own your own business, it you can't, I mean, you're never fully off. Even when you do unplug, you, exactly. you just know that you're yeah. not ever yeah. fully turned off yes. and it's so hard because obviously, and I'm sure you relate every time you do it and you get, you know, time away or you have a break, you get your, your best ideas. When you come back, you work way harder when you come back. 100%. Like you're re-energized, you're, you're, you're like ready to hit the ground running. And I think for me, um, I have never in the history of the world put an out of office reply on my um, on my email ever, and I, I I'm blessed and I I do take time to go on vacation and so it's something that that is in my life but I have never ever done that and this time I put an out of office reply on and I made a deal with myself that I left my phone in the safe in the room during the day and. Every day at five o'clock, I came back and I checked my emails. And so anything that was urgent, I still answered. Um, but just that free period during the day and knowing that I had the out of office reply on that, you know, it was like my safety zone, which, and, and I really, I didn't know if I could do it and I, I did it and I'm proud of myself. And I think I realized it was so needed. Yeah. Um, and I would highly recommend it. <laughs> I'm I'm very proud of you. I did my first autoresponder this past holiday season, and it was like, why haven't I been doing it. this the whole right? time? Like yeah. I should just have this on all the time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's and it sounds so silly, I'm sure, to people listening. Like you know, what's the big deal? But again, when you're the person that's doing it all, like you just, it's it's really hard to do really because hard. it, yeah, it feels like if you say no, or if you turn something off that you're going to lose momentum or something like that. Yes. And it's not yes. true, but making the decision to do it is so freaking hard. Like it's just, yeah, it's so congratulations. I hope that is one of many auto, <laughs> auto responses. <laughs> oh gosh. Goals for 2023 auto reply. Yes, totally. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear what to you makes um, like a good brand. Cause you've obviously seen the good, bad and the ugly out there. I'm sure what to you are sort of some things that really make a good brand in your eyes. Um, I think a good brand. Um, I think consistency is really, really important. Um, and I think what, what separates a good brand from a great brand is being able to marry um, consistency with creativity. So working really hard to, to keep your brand consistent, but while still being creative on brand. And I think it's that's really hard to do because I think that a lot of brands do do a good job at keeping it consistent um, and their customers come to know and love what they do. Um, yeah. But sometimes you can get into a little bit of a trance. And I think that, you know, that's when a brand can kind of become stale when you're not introducing new creative aspects to the brand. Um, and it's a lot easier said than done to keep it creative on brand. So any brand that can do that, Leah Yard Designs. Oh, thank you. You. <laughs> um, you do a really good job at that. Um, and this season for anyone listening is exceptional. Oh, thank you so, so much. Um, thank you. 
yeah. So I think, I think that's what makes a, a great brand. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting that I'm, I, um, it's funny cause I never thought about it like that. Uh, I know there's lots of brands that just sort of push something out just cause they kind of have to. And I mean, we're all on a deadline. We're all on a, a fashion schedule. So we have, there's certain times that we have to launch new things and all that. Um, and I've definitely been very late as you know, on doing these things, but I just, it's so hard for me to, put something in the collection or into production that I just don't love. And I've done that in the past where, you know, you've got to get a deadline. And so you just sort of put something out and I see other brands where I kind of think they've done that as well, just because it doesn't have that oomph. It doesn't have that magic to it. Um, And finding that balance. And I mean, during the pandemic is just another way where it was just such a pressure cooker. You know, you're trying, I'm lucky that I sort of thrive behind the scenes. So for me, it it was easy to come up with ideas. Funding them was a different story (laughs) during the (laughs) pandemic, but oh my God, I had a ton of like amazing ideas. It's interesting that you say that because yeah. I think across the board um, with a lot of my brands and and certainly brands that I connected with and spoke with throughout the pandemic, um, that was a real challenge for them that their creative outlet was like completely burnt out because everybody was so stressed and because there was so much uncertainty, um, their creative juices really were not flowing, um, which is totally understandable, but it speaks so highly of you that you had that creative energy still going because it's not easy to, you know, it's like you're stifled in so many ways that it, it makes sense for your creative energy to just be completely, completely drained. Um, so again, yeah. I applaud you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's again, I'm lucky because I'm very, very introverted. And for me just to, you know, be behind the scenes, come up with ideas, that's my way of dealing with things and working is what makes me feel in control and makes me happy. So I was like, nobody heard from me. I I didn't talk to anybody. You know, I was a little bit MIA for a while, but yeah, it's just that focusing on it um, is just how I dealt with it, I think. Um, But yeah, it's, it is such a challenging thing. And um, again, with the consistency, like every time you launch something, you don't know how it's going to be responded you don't you don't know what it's gonna how it's gonna go and I've definitely launched things that I thought it's the greatest thing ever and it just flops and vice versa there's been designs that is not my favorite thing like I I love it enough that I can launch it and feel good about it but it's definitely not my favorite and then it becomes like the top seller and it's just so bizarre so I feel like testing things out is really kind of the way to to do that um is there just because we're starting the new year now, is there like a brand, if you can say, that you would love to work with? Like, do you have your own wish list of brands you're dying to work with, if you can share? So I can. Um, I definitely had a large list when I started. Um, and there definitely were those like, oh my God, I'm dying to work with you brands. And I think what I've realized through experience is that everything is not as it seems. And I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of people and to connect with a lot of people. And again, what I thought I wanted from day one is very different to what I want now. So for me, brands that I want to work with are just going to share the same goals and values that I do. 
Um, to me, customer service is like the most important thing. And I always want to make sure that I'm able to provide my customers with that amazing customer service. And that really starts with the brand. So the brand has to be on the same page yeah. as I am in regards to, you know, really going the extra mile um, for the customer. Um, I'm really, I'm, there's no brand on my wish list currently, like an actual brand that I want to work with, but I really, I'm dying to find an amazing bag line. Um, and I'm spending a lot of time right now um, and energy looking for that. So I think, you know, in a perfect world where I see LVT agency going is I want to be able to accessorize from head to toe. So I'm looking, you know, ideally for an amazing bag line, an amazing belt line, a great sunglass brand. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to something really cool and lifestyle to bring into the mix. Oh, fabulous. Um, right now, today, I'm, I'm very hungry for an amazing bag line. So if anyone's listening and they have an amazing bag line. Yes. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's really exciting. It's so fun. Cause when we chat, we don't often talk about this kind of thing, right? It's usually just very yeah. jewelry related. Yeah. Um, on that note, what kind of um, like, do you, how, where do you envision the agency going? Let's say you get all of those, the head to toe covered, are you thinking like long-term it would be in a showroom? Are you thinking, what do you, do you have gigantic visions? I'm still, to be honest, I'm, I'm really undecided. So yeah. when I, when I started the agency, um, I really went back and forth about having a showroom and ultimately I decided not to open one up only because of my experience with having a store. And the thing that people don't realize is that the store hours are the same as a showroom hour. So it's really hard for the buyers to physically get out during the day right? Um, to come see you. Um, and when you, especially when you're in a small business, like I was, um, you need to be there. Like you, you need to yep. be there and on the days. Luckily, if you have a day off, which nine times out of 10, you don't get, um, the last thing you want to do is, is work. Like you want to do your groceries and see your friends and clean your house and, you know, do all of the everyday things. Um, so for me, when I had my store, um, I really, really appreciated the sales reps that came out to see me. Um, and I always felt a little bit more comfortable because it was my environment and it was relaxed and I didn't necessarily feel the pressure of like, there's some, to me as a buyer, I always kind of felt a little bit of pressure going into the showroom. Like, what if I don't like what I see? Like I've made the trip here. I've booked the appointment. I almost feel like I have to buy something. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want my customers to feel that kind of pressure. Um, so I made the choice not to open the showroom and up until now, I'm really, really happy with it. Um, I think that my model really, really works. Um, for me also selfishly, I love being on the road and I love, you know, traveling to stores and, and seeing them. It makes yeah. my day not so mundane. I'm not like going to the same place every single day. So my job is very different and, you know, I don't have the same schedule and I love that. And I thrive in that environment. Um, I'm not opposed to it. And I'm not saying I won't ever have a showroom. Um, the pandemic has certainly, you know, given me 
more questions about like our showrooms even going to be a thing moving forward because yeah. we can work so efficiently now over zoom do i need to have a showroom um so i don't know i'm not i'm not quite sure i'm so glad you touched on that just how things what people perceive to be uh, like the natural next step or something just so often isn't. I get a lot of the time because I have a studio and then I have the apartment. And a lot of times people will be like, oh, wouldn't it be the dream if you could combine them? And it's like, no, that's not the dream. Like I, I don't, right. like I have the studio separate from my home for a reason like that. I need that because I've done it together. And, right. you know, people think that's like the end goal is to own like a building where you live and work in the same thing. And for some people that is, but that's not the obvious next step for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's important to have that separation. Yes. Some people thrive in that environment and do really, really well. Yeah. Um, I think you and I are similar in a lot of ways. And socially, I am very shy and a little bit of an introvert as well. Um, And I I like my my space. And so that was definitely a challenge for me in COVID because my workspace was my living space and everything was kind of this like (laughs) mishmash of togetherness. but I, I, you know, some days it was really, really challenging and really stressful. And there were other days that I was like really thankful to be able to have everything kind of like so close to home. And I'm, I'm really had to look at the silver lining and think about like, how lucky am I that I do have this space that I can work in because a lot of people don't even have that. So, totally. um, it was, it was for me, there was a little bit of comfort knowing that like a few steps away was like my office and like, I could turn it on if I needed it, especially when we were in this space of like, not knowing if we were going into another lockdown and, you know, am I able, am I going to be able to like leave and like get out? And I personally was very scared in COVID and I didn't really want to be around people. So for me to have like my safe space where I did have access to my working space, um, it actually, it, it worked well, um, for me too. Um, and I was grateful to not have to get dressed up (laughs) and be able to like wear my sweatpants and work, um, at the same time, which was another, you know, thing that was, was like a silver lining for me. Yes. Yeah. That is one thing I do miss just being able to like roll out of bed and start working yeah. in like pajamas with coffee. And yeah. so that's one thing for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite part about having the agency? Hands down selling. I love, yeah. I love selling. I just, I'm a people person and I, I genuinely love the brands that I represent and I, I would, I do wear them. I love them. So for me to be able to have the privilege to, represent them and to sell them to like-minded buyers that are also excited about it is hands down the best part of my job. I just, I love it. If I could just sell 24 seven, if that was like my only, (laughs) I would be a very, very happy person and I would not be stressed out at all. It's all of the other things that a lot of people don't realize come with the territory um, that are, you know, the stressful parts, but the selling to me is just, it's, it's fun and exciting. And um, I am in a really fortunate place where I've built these really wonderful relationships with my brands. And some of them, um, you know, will come to me for design advice. And that to me is like 
really? Like you're asking me my opinion. Like it's, it's such an honor and it's so much fun to, to have that creative input, um, with them. And I, I feel so, so, so blessed and honored that I get to share in that little piece with them. So to me, that's really, really fun. I love that. But you've also, you've created that, um, atmosphere and that's what I, one of the things I admire so much about you is that, you know, we can come to you for stuff like that. Like before you and I um, worked together, I had reached out to other people for to to represent the brand. And it's wild. Some of the interactions I had with agencies where it's like, I mean, there was one in particular that was so incredibly rude. And I just, and it's crazy to me because it's like, I'm asking you to represent my brand. So what if you are going to be going out and talking to customers like that? Or do you know what I mean? It was like, and, and you're not doing me a favor. It should be a a team effort. It is. Um, Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that. That's very much your approach to it. And you are always um, available for those kinds of extra extra perks <laughs> but um you know you also have the expertise you're the one that's out there seeing it so we might have a great idea but you are really the one that's doing a lot of the market research you're hearing feedback from customers so and I mean you obviously have a great design eye and mm-hmm. yeah so I I I love that I think um finding that definitely over the last few years is really finding people that you jive with that are on the same page that the way you approach business right yeah Um, and I think that like you know what a lot of people don't understand is you know your brand is literally your baby and so to put it in the hands of somebody who somebody else is like it must be so scary for you guys to be like here you go all of all of my hard work is now in your hands. And I think that's why it's so important to work with like-minded people. Um, and you know, you and I were very lucky, I think, from our our very first communication, like we just clicked and it was just yeah. right. Um, and you know, I for me when I started, I, you know, had a few brands and they were kind of like my my dream brands. One in particular was like literally at the top of my list. And I I was so excited to work with them. Um, and it just wasn't the best fit. Um, they're, they're a great brand and they produce like incredible, incredible jewelry. Um, and I, I still, to this day, think very, very highly of them. I mean, we left on good terms, but it was just, it, it, we weren't the right fit for one another. And, um, you just, I think for everybody to be successful, everybody has to be on the same page. And as a rep, you need to really understand and be grateful that the brands are putting their babies in your hands for you to like nurture and grow. And I know that it's really, really hard, even when you have a good relationship, like sometimes, you know, like you don't speak for a few weeks and you're like, well, what's happening? Like, what, where's my baby in the world? Like, you know, are are they, are they being well taken care of? And I, I really always try to like update you guys and let you know, like even during the slow times, like, you know, sometimes orders aren't coming in, but that doesn't mean that, you know, the brand isn't being seen and and talked about. And I can only imagine for you guys, it's, it's like frustrating and scary because you're just like, well, what's happening? (laughs) What's going on here? I will say I feel very 
definitely when there's low points or there's no communication, of course you wonder what's happening, but I never worry. Like I never, and that's something that if I don't hear from you, I don't ever think, oh my God, the brand is just tanking and we're like, you know, it's all over. Like I never feel like that. And I know yeah. that you're always yeah. out there doing, doing your thing. Um, <clears throat> another thing that we've talked about too, is how success isn't always the sales that you're getting. It's, it's growth happens over time. And again, especially wholesale, it is such a long game. It is just little seeds that are planted and then you just wait and wait, and then maybe you plant something else, but it's, it's just that point of contact thing. And I don't think people realize that part of it is that, and again, I am very grateful that I tried it on my own before teaming up because it, it, I just don't think people realize how hard of a job it is. Like I just really don't. They don't. Yeah. I think they don't. I'm so, so grateful that you were doing it on your own because I think that you, you know, have such a, an appreciation and an understanding for it. And truthfully, like that is one of the more challenging parts of my job um, that sometimes I don't feel like the brands understand how, how difficult it is to actually hook that customer um, and, and all of the work, you know, sometimes months and years to, to open up, you know, this account. And if you, you really, if you haven't done it on your own, like you truthfully yeah. just can't understand, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's that consistency. It's having that thick skin. It's, you know, being able to, you know, go back and, and try. And um, at the end of the day, though, like I always tell my brands, like, for me, it's the most important thing to have your products in the right fit. So for me, like, <clears throat> always quality over quantity. So, you know, I don't want to open up accounts where it's really not the right fit. And maybe they get like one huge order, but if it's not the right fit, it's not going to sell. And then it's yeah. going to go on sale and then it's going to sit on their shelves and they're going to have a bad taste in their mouth. And I don't want that. Like I really am in it for the long haul and I want to place the brands in stores that they're going to thrive and they're going to be able to grow with the brand and it is going to sell for them. And they are going to order season after season. Um, to me, that's, that's part of the success is that, you know, pairing the right brand with the right store, um, is so important. So, so, so important. Yeah. I, I like aggressively agree with that. Like, I cannot yeah. tell you how much I agree with that. Cause it, again, yeah, if something goes in and it doesn't sell, it does nobody any good because now okay. customers of that store are seeing this line that isn't selling and then maybe it's on sale. And then it, yeah. you know, it just, it tarnishes the whole image. And, exactly. but again, it's, it's hard when you get that request though. Right. And you, and yeah. if you have to say no, or you have to, you know, these kinds of things are all, parts that I don't think people realize it, it's such a a dance it's such a fine line such a dance really to just is. navigate all of that really is. yeah um what are or what is something that like a win for the agency or like an accomplishment that you are so proud of now so I um a just my brand roster I'm so proud of like I'm so 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 proud of the brands that I represent I, I think that Collectively, they're all in such good company. Um, and again, the, the fact that you guys entrust me with your babies is something that I'm so, so, so <laughs> proud of. Um, and I always ask a brand, and, and you know this, like, what are your what are your um, dream stores to get into? And so when I have the privilege of 
getting their brand into their dream store is like, it's such a huge win. And I'm, you know, it's not about the money. It's about being able to make that phone call and be like, guess who I just got an order from? And it's just like the the, the joy and the excitement that you guys yeah. feel. And it's funny because, you know, sometimes I'm surprised by like your dream stores. Cause I'm like, Oh, I wouldn't have like put that on. Like the, like I have my own set of dream stores for you guys. Yeah. You know? And so it's always interesting to hear, you know, wh- where you want the brand and who you're excited to be able to work with. But that to me is just, it's, it's such a huge, huge, huge win to be able to deliver that news to you guys. I love it. I, on being on the receiving end, I also love it. You <laughs> send me a couple of very exciting emails and it is yeah. just such a thrill. And again, it's fun because obviously we're in touch and and I know, you know, where we are with outreach and things like that, but I'm not having the daily contact with these right. people that you are. So a lot of right. the times it really is a surprise. Like, yeah. oh my God, I didn't know we were that close to getting that account or that that conversation had been in the works or that kind of thing. So that's really just on the receiving end. It is such a thrill. Like, I love it. It's, you know what, it's been a learning curve for me because I think I learned early on, like, it's funny because it really all goes back to dating. So it's like, there's a courtship, you know, that you, there's this like dance where you like introduce yourself and like you meet and you might have like an amazing conversation and you're like, oh, they're totally going to buy from me. And then like they ghost you and you don't hear from them. And it's, it's so disheartening. So I think I had to learn the hard way to not get my brand's hopes up because, you know, I could have a great one meeting, two meeting, three meetings. And then they just decide, you know what, like it's not the right season for them to introduce a new designer. And unfortunately, like it is a real thing in business that you do get ghosted and like, you just don't hear from them. So I, I, I try not to get your hopes up. And I also, I love a surprise. <laughs> I love the element of surprise. So it's also so fun for me to be able to be like, okay, And then, you know, we have the conversation after it's like, I've been working on this for six months. I've been working on this for eight months, but like we did it. And then, you know, I can tell you about like the whole dance and the whole courtship. I love that. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things. It's like that slow build. And I remember the same thing when I would do it and you thought you're so sure you were going to get this order. And even people will say, I'm going to place an order. And then they don't. (laughs) It's like, there's like no rhyme or reason because you're like, did I, what did I do wrong? How did this go wrong? And I think um, I also had to learn the hard way to not take things personally um, because you, you do have those meetings and they're like, yeah, just like, you know, I, I'm just going to like talk to the rest of the buyers about it. And we're going to have a meeting that we're, we're totally going to place an order and you'll hear from me in the next few weeks. And then you just don't, and you wonder where you went wrong. And nine times out of 10, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. It has absolutely nothing to do with the brand. Um, you know, it's a budgeting issue. It's a, you know, a conflict of interest with another brand that they already have in the store. Like there's a million different, aspects and sometimes there truly just is no rhyme or reason um and that's again when you have to like dust yourself off and like pick yourself back up and you know go on to the next one and just keep at it yeah Yeah. it's it's well I very much appreciate you doing it you do such a great job and Yeah. yeah I always feel just very seen and heard and I just know that with my brand, I know that you would never put it somewhere that it shouldn't be. And I know that, again, it's that you've got the same 
approach where you're in it for the long haul. So it's all about relationship building, connection, integrity, all the things that that's that's what I want. I don't care if it takes us a decade to get in to get all those dream stores off the list. <laughs> you know, like it's just that consistency. And um, yeah, so thank you for always so showing welcome. up and you make it very easy. No, oh, really you. do. <laughs> thank you. Um, where can people find you if they want to learn more or if there's a brand listening that's like, oh my God, I have the bag line for you. <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, Instagram is the best place to find me. So LVT Agency. Um, you can always reach me via email, Leisha at lvtagency.com. I will always respond um, unless I have my vacation alert on, which <laughs> won't happen again for a long time because I just came back. Um, but yeah. Amazing. Leisha, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all the hard work that you do. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and expertise with everybody. And I am very excited to tackle the new year together. (laughs) So excited. Thank you for trusting me and for making my job so easy. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope this episode gave you a boost of encouragement to follow your own path, even if it's a little unruly or has a few more weeds than you expected. I would love if you could share this with somebody important to you. We never know who needs a boost. If you'd like to learn more, you can find me at www.leayard.com. And if you want to see a little more behind the scenes, you can connect with me on Instagram at leayard. And now I will leave you with this. We all have more in common than we do not. Be kind when you can, judge less, less often, and never ever underestimate your own potential. I'll see you next week.